Andy Ratchliff is the founder of Benchmark Capital and Wealthfront, and he was on Mike Maple's new podcast, which is called Starting Greatness, and Tim Ferriss actually played this episode for his podcast listeners, and so that's where I actually found it, and that's where these notes are from. So let me go ahead and start. Uh, Andy Ratchliff um, is uh, the person that is credited with inventing uh, the term product market fit. So let's start right there. He says, if the customer doesn't scream, you don't have product market fit. Uh, he says he learned a lot from Don, Don Valentine of Sequoia Capital. And he says, Don Valentine of Sequoia Capital used to say, I'm looking to invest in companies that can screw everything up and still succeed because the customer pulls the product out of their hands. So that's another way he describes product market fit. He talks about uh, the steps in which you should first uh, prove the value uh, that, your, that your company or product or service uh, provides and then work on growth. So he says, first you have to prove a value hypothesis. Only once you have proven the value hypothesis should you test a growth hypothesis. The value hypothesis is the what, the who, and the how. What are you going to build? For whom is it relevant? And how is the business model? People kid themselves into thinking they have product market fit because they, they bought it. The only way to know, this is, really, this is really fascinating to me. The only way to know that you have product market fit is if you have word of mouth. The only way you can get exponential organic growth is through word of mouth. Um, he said something a little short while later that I definitely resonate with considering uh, like Founders Podcast is all built on uh, me reading biographies and, and, and learning ideas from other people. And he says, all of my best ideas have come from other people. I am just curating. I highly suspect that's how it is for most of us. <laughs> um, oh, this is really interesting. He says, why do you think crossing the, ch uh, this is a book that he thinks should be read by more folks. So the name of the book is Crossing the Chasm. The subtitle is Marketing and Selling Disruptive Products to Mainstream Customers. I actually bought and read this a few years ago, though I, do, I remember the main idea. I don't remember too much. And based on Andy's description, I obviously need to go back and reread it. So he says, um, why do you think crossing the chas chasm should be read by more folks? And Andy says, the fundamental idea expressed in crossing the chasm is there, is, is there is a natural rate of adoption for every product. That hasn't changed. The basic premise is there are different people who are willing to adopt at different rates. Uh, he continues, says, the biggest mistake I see people, meaning entrepreneurs, make is they're trying to start with, or uh, really trying to sell to, uh, pragmatists because it's the biggest market. They do this because every book or podcast tells them to go after a big market because the ultimate size of market addressed is the single greatest determinant of outcome. That is true, meaning the market addressed is the single greatest determinant of outcome, according to Andy. That is true, but you won't capture that market if you try to start with that market. This lesson will last forever. So he's building, the reason he brought that up is because he's building on this, this idea that you should read Crossing the Chasm. And I think uh, the best thing he did is use a real life example. So he just said, hey, listen, uh, yes, it's true that you should go after a big market because the ultimate size of the market addresses the single greatest determinant of outcome, right? But you won't capture that market if you start with that market. That's counterintuitive. So he gives this great example of how Google crossed the, the chasm. And he says, as a business, it exactly followed crossing the chasm. Uh, cross, is it chasm? Chasm? I don't know how to pronounce anything, so I'm just going to go with chasm. Crossing the chasm philosophy. When they first started monetizing, they used text ads. At the time, Yahoo offered display ads. Yahoo sold these ads to a sales force. The minimum was $10,000 a month contract. Google came to market with a six-word text ad. You could buy an ad for as little as a dollar. It was self-serve. The only people who bought these ads were startups. And they, why did the startups buy them? Because they couldn't afford the Yahoo ads. 
Startups were the desperate. Once Google proved the efficacy of text ads, they crossed the chasm into the early majority. They started with startups. They didn't start with traditional advertising. Um, he gives another example of, uh, well, actually, I don't even, this isn't really an example of crossing chasm, but it is, it is a lesson from the early days of Netflix. So he says, Netflix started as DVD rental by mail. You'd pay $6 every time you rented a, D, uh, rented a DVD. It failed miserably. Reed Hastings ran a successful company called Pure Software. This is before he was at Netflix. One thing that made Pure successful was that he changed the business model from a perpetual license to a sub, 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 subscription license. Now, this is very common today, but he's saying this was very controversial in the 90s. He said, why don't you, we do the same thing in Netflix? Little did he know that that, that that was the ideal antidote to the late fees that Blockbuster charged and that drove everyone crazy. Uh, he's got another idea. He says, the only way to make outsized returns as an investor or an entrepreneur is to be right and non-consensus. Um, something he, he brought up that I thought was interesting. He says, human beings are conditioned to like or not like things. And my interpretation of what he was trying to tell us is, which means you can change people's opinion about your product. Uh, one of the best parts of teaching is how much you get to learn. So he, um, not only does he come on podcasts like this, he writes a lot, but he also teaches, I think he teaches uh, an actual class at Stanford. Um, I'm pretty sure it's for the MBA. So he says um, he works with the president of Wallfront. Uh, and he says the president of Wallfront has a great saying. The definition of a good experiment is one from which you learn, not one that has succeeded. If there were no surprises, you didn't learn anything. And then finally, uh, I love this. He says, don't project your own tastes onto other people. This is an enormous mistake my MBA students make. They say, well, I wouldn't use that product, therefore it's not a good company. That is irrelevant. 